0: Ignite your best life.
1: Yoga is the spark. You're listening to Brett Larkin on the podcast where we use yoga to ignite your dream life.
0: Always be stretching your body, your mind, your spirit. When you come to your mat, your movement fuels your motivation. You channel your inner power.
1: You achieve your goals. Want to deepen your yoga practice and blossom into your best self on and off the mat? Join Brett in her membership community Uplifted for monthly training plans, personalized feedback on your yoga poses, member-only videos, and the ability to download classes across every device.
0: Hello, I'm Brett Larkin, and welcome to this introductory podcast on our series of podcasts that are going to be all about the chakras and the chakra system. So if you're not already aware, there's a big you could call it a challenge, you could call it an exploration, um, you could call it a series of videos going on on my YouTube channel, all about the chakras, deep diving into each, every individual chakra. You can get all the info on that at bratlarkin.com forward slash chakra. And this particular podcast is the intro podcast to the whole series. So there's going to be a podcast on each of the seven chakras, but this first kickoff podcast is really just talking about the chakra system as a whole designed to introduce you to what these energy centers sort of mean in the greater context of your body and the world and it's an important one to listen to before we deep dive into each individual chakra Now, each individual chakra podcast is not public. This podcast is, um, if you want to get access to each of those deep dives, they're really fun, really informative. You're going to want to make sure to sign up at brettlarkin.com forward slash chakra or to join Uplifted, in which case you get the podcast and tons of other amazing, cool bonus content and the ability to download all the videos and everything as well at brettlarkin.com forward slash Uplifted. So let's dive in to, first of all, what the word chakra even means. So the word chakra means wheel or disc. And you can think of the chakras as each of these spinning vortices vortices of energy, right? They're just spinning and they're at different energy centers in the body that start from the you know, very low. Some say the first chakra is not even it's it's only partially in our body. It's like partially connected down into the earth. We explore that in the first chakra meditation. But you can think of it as at the base of the spine for simplicity's sake or at the at the very bottom of your pelvis, right? And then the chakras move up the spine from there. To the point where some say the seventh chakra is actually connected to the universe, the ether, it's right, you know, visualized actually above, above the crown of the head in some illustrations. So of course, we're going to be going super deep into each one of these energy centers. But again, before we did that, I wanted to sort of give a context for how we can look at the chakras and just give you some of my own bonus tips about how I sort of view this system and integrate it into my daily life. Let's begin by talking about the chakras in a larger sense. So if we think of the chakras as these spinning wheels of energy, these vortices of energy, really the whole universe, right? Not just us as people, but the whole planet is composed of spinning wheels of energy, right? Trees, flowers, animals, even furniture, right? Everything is made up of these, you know, tiny particles, right? And you can think of those as, you know, like everything has these tiny wheels turning inside them. And then of course, we're all on the biggest wheel of all, the biggest spinning wheel of all, which of of course is the earth, right? The earth is a planet that's spinning in space. So it's interesting to approach the chakras as just actually a fundamental building block of nature, You could also look at them as just like it's the circle of life that's flowing through everything, flowing through all aspects of our planet, all aspects of our existence. Now I'm going to invite you to think of these seven chakras as a framework through which you can very nicely integrate body, mind, and spirit together right so just like the skeletal system and those of you who are doing yoga teacher training will learn all the names of you know the muscles and the bones just like you know the skeleton and learning the names of the bones is a system the chakras are just a system right what's cool about them is that they're a system that's integrating body mind and spirit so it's really a powerful tool for personal growth each chakra and this is a definition i really like and this is a quote taken from and Odia Judith's book, she says chakras are, are organizing centers, organizing centers for the reception, assimilation, and transmission of life energies. So I love that definition because that's saying that the chakras are organizing centers for what's going on within us, but also for how we interact with the world, right? How we receive energy, how we assimilate energy, and then how we then communicate with the world around us. Another fun way to look at that is to think of the chakras as almost computer programs that govern different areas of our lives, right? So we all have an ingrained way of being, whether it's just the way we are or our past conditioning or our family, you know, that's the way we grew up. We all have a program, right? Like the love program, the fear program. And, you know, you can think of the, the those programs as, as living in the spaces ch- of the chakras, At the same time, the chakras, again, because they're part of this larger perspective, right? You could even think of the earth as a chakra within outer space, right? Um, There's this idea that the chakras are connecting us to something greater than ourselves, right? It starts, you know, the chakras start in solidity the earth chakra is very solid, and it's all about grounding, right? And then you can almost think of these chakras as like a rainbow bridge that you're climbing up, right? To to then the seventh chakra being about, um, you know, more your transcendence and spiritual development and and all of that kind of thing. So it's really cool to think of the chakras in these three-dimensional ways, right? There are these programs that govern us, these gears that are turning that affect how we interact with ourselves and the world around us, at the same time, those gears are turning upwards, sort of as well, and they are also a path of our own spiritual evolution, right? And they're they're drawing us towards higher states of consciousness and really our true potential. So that's a really fun way to to think of them. Um, so now that you know that's that's out there, I think you want to think of the chakras as these, navigation tools, and you want to think of how you can use them in your life, depending on where you want to go and what, you know, what direction you're trying to take. So one thing I'd really encourage you perhaps to steer away from is that, you know, we often hear, oh, I have a third chakra imbalance, right? People love to diagnose and use the chakra system to diagnose certain things, and I don't want to say that's bad, and I don't want to say that's wrong, and I you know, think it's fun to take a chakra quiz online here and there, but for the purposes of my exploration, and again, if you're in my community, I'd really highly invite you to try to stay away from using the chakras in that sort of prescriptive way, like using the chakras as a way to figure out what's wrong with you, or what's right with you, or you know, being like, oh, my third chakra is in balance, I need to fix that. Or my throat chakra is not in balance, I need to fix that. Because when we start to use the chakras prescriptively like that, A, I think we're really dumbing down the system. The system is so much more nuanced and complex than just like my problem is a third chakra imbalance. At the same time, it's sort of just using chakras, just like, you know people in modern medicine use themselves to diagnose stuff right it's just it's it's not that helpful instead i'd really invite you to use the chakras as a framework for personal exploration and personal growth in all senses so instead of just getting stuck on like trying to find the chakra that's your problem area and fix it with like your fix it hat on I try to be like, wow, understanding these energy centers or these programs and what my personal programming is in each of these centers is a really valuable tool to help me, you know, make some adjustments and begin to reprogram. And develop into the person I really want to be and reprogramming a chakra or reprogramming an energy center is sort of more how I approach it as opposed to just like it's balanced or imbalanced because I think that's just an oversimplification so I'd really encourage you as we go through this chakra exploration together and you know this is the podcast where we're talking about the chakra system as a whole and why I felt it's important to bring it up now to just not get hung up on what your problem area is because again that's just like the same as looking in the mirror and being like oh my thighs are too fat it's like oh my fourth chakra is too open or too closed right like again if you're in uplifted or if you're just in my community already we know it's more complicated than that there's more nuance going on than that and it's just i think it's a disservice to the chakra system to Take it in that direction. So, I really want us to steer towards taking it into the direction of like exploring what your governing computer program, let's say, is in each of the chakras and then figuring out how you can tweak that. Especially because all the chakras are interconnected and it sort of reminds me of actually myofascial release now that I'm talking to you guys about it because it's not like, um, you know, one of the reasons I love myofascial release, sorry, we're going to go on a tangent, everyone, but. When you see a chiropractor, for example, they, you know, they do adjustments to press and you know pop your bones or whatever into the right place. But unless the myofascial, the the structure that all your bones and organs and everything live in also changes the tension inside your system will pull that bone back over time. Just like if you have braces and you don't wear your retainer, your teeth will go back the way they were over time because your dentist can't change the fascia in your mouth. They just can yank your teeth in the right direction with braces. It's the same thing with a the chiropractor. They can make adjustments so your bones um, you know, go pop back into the right place, but if they don't also work with the fascia system or if you're not complimentary seeing a myofascial therapist over time, you know, that fascia is just going to pull it back in the other direction. Um, So I don't know how I got on this topic, but I think it's like similar to if you just oversimplify with the chakras, because if you're just like, oh, I have a third chakra imbalance, so I need to you know do x it's like well actually maybe your third chakra is not balanced because your second chakra is a huge mess or you're you don't feel grounded to begin with right it's like just like myofascial release the whole body's interconnected same with the chakras like all the chakras talk to each other and are interconnected so it's not like you can really just like fix one in isolation you need to be constantly receptive to thinking about how all of them and all the different aspects of your life are sort of working together and and not just get so heads down focusing like on an imbalance you just have in one area because again, that doesn't make sense. That's it's just like not a holistic approach. And tying it to modern physiology, you can actually see that the seven chakras are each located near one of the seven major nerve ganglia that emanate from your spinal column. So when I'm talking about, you know, everything being interconnected and kind of tying it to myofascial release, it's not really that big an analogy or that far a jump. There are major nerve centers that physically correspond to each of the chakras. So you can think of the chakras as gateways between various dimensions, right? they are areas where a lot of activity is happening. So dimensions such as your like emotional feelings, your thoughts, your, your physical body, these are all connecting and playing in the area of your chakras. And together, the chakras make up, or so the yogic texts say, they're making up, they're the generators of your auric field, right? Your aura itself is the meeting point between the core patterns that are generated by your chakras and what's going on in the external world around you. So when you meet someone and we, you know, we talk about what is their energy like, you know, what is it like to be around them? The chakras are sort of like the, the computer programs running all that, running what their energy is like. And going back to the computer program analogy for a moment, working with the chakras is really just another way, along with yoga, along with meditation, being aware of the chakras and working with them is just another way, right, to heal ourselves, to heal ourselves of old patterns, behaviors that are not serving us anymore and that are lodged in the body or lodged in the mind, or just have become habitual behavior, right? That's why, again, think of the chakras as a framework for awareness, a framework to explore your own behavior and programming, and a you know beautiful way in which to approach change, not prescriptively, but holistically. I think it's important we take a moment now to talk about Shishunanadi. And again, if you're doing yoga teacher training with me coming up, you'll dive into this in a much deeper capacity. But for the understanding of our discussion with the chakras right now is that the chakras form a vertical column, right? From from the bottom of the pelvis up through the spine, stacking seven of them. This vertical column is Shishumna Nadi, right? Shishumna Nadi is the energy line that runs up the spine, so it is the integrating channel for connecting the chakras in all their various dimensions. So you can think of Shushumna Nadi, you know, and when we breathe, you know, visualizing a ball of light up and down our spine or when we do kundalini techniques, right, kundalini is the serpent, the coil of energy that lives at the base of your spine, and when you do kundalini yoga, the whole idea is to wake up the snake, right, wake up the kundalini serpent energy that lives at the base of the spine, and get it shooting upwards through um, all the chakras to the crown of the head, so you can connect with you know, universal consciousness or your own personal higher power, whatever it is. So Shishumna Nadi is like the super highway that's connecting all the chakras, right? If each of the chakras were a gas station or a pit stop, right? It's the express freeway through which your energy travels from the base of the spine up. So the chakras are connected by and reside along Shishumna Nadi. Now we've talked about how chakra means wheel or spinning disc, right? So how are they spinning? Why are they spinning? They're spinning because there's two currents of energy running through your body. And those of you who are maybe more familiar with some of this philosophy, might have heard or know about Shiva and Shakti. So Shiva and Shakti can also be said to represent these two forms of energy that flow through the chakras that make them spin, right? One is a downward energy and one is an upward energy, which makes sense because if you have a downward energy and an upward energy, right, all the chakras are spinning. So the downward current is often called the current of manifestation, right? It's the current that starts in pure consciousness pure awareness and then it travels down through the chakras to become manifested so it becomes denser and denser so an analogy here is say you have a great idea for something maybe you have a great idea for a book right that starts up high in your head or maybe it starts even beyond your head and then it comes down into your head and then in order to actually make the book happen right you'd need to write you'd need to sit in a chair, actually make it happen. So that's an idea of, you know, like a downward current, like an idea coming into manifestation, right? That's why it's called the current of manifestation. As the idea further and further develops, right? There's all sorts of things that need to happen in order for it to come about. Maybe we need to work with like a book editor and have relationships with other people and, you know, put our willpower and energy into it, right? Like relationships chakra, four, uh, will and energy is chakra three, you know, like it, it goes down. It's taking something from the abstract plane to becoming real. In opposition to that, right, we have the opposite, opposite current, which is often called the current upward, right, the current of liberation. So the current of liberation is, right, the opposite. If manifestation is abstract to becoming real, the current of liberation is all about matter becoming lighter and lighter and lighter as it moves up through the body and expanding and transforming into a limitless state of pure being and a state of connectedness, right? So often in yoga, this is the current that we're more connected with or or, or in meditation often that we're dealing with, right? We're trying to move energy up the spine we're trying to break free of our outdated or no longer useful habits so it's the it's the pathway through which we are trying to transform are trying to change and both are important right liberation without manifestation you know you could think of that as someone who has like all these great ideas but they're not able to bring anything into fruition, right? And then you might think of someone who's like super heads down and accomplishes so much, but you can tell they're not really connected to themselves or their higher or greater meaning. So that's that upward and downward current that are getting all the chakras to spin. So you can think of each of the chakras as these sort of centers in the body where these two forces liberation and manifestation are mixing together in different amounts right in different combinations so each chakra has a different balance of liberation and manifestation so the lower you go in the chakra system the stronger the momentum of the manifesting current so chakra 1 right like that that gear wheel is moving you know s- slower it has more of that downward energy and then the higher we go the more the chakras are influenced by that liberating current and they're maybe spinning faster so this polarity is really essential to understanding sort of the chakra system holistically how it works as a whole and again tying back to what i said before that's why it's so important when you put the chakras in the perspective of liberation and manifestation that It just, it really doesn't make sense to just focus on one chakra and being prescriptive in the sense that, like, I have an imbalance in the third chakra in this exact way, and here's why, right? Because all the chakras are combined of these two greater energies in various degrees. To tie all these concepts together now, Shiva, Shakti, Kundalini, the chakras, kundalini and shakti are really the same right they're 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 two words for the same thing that serpent that's wrapped three and a half uh times in the the base of the spine residing in muladhara dormant right and she represents the primordial feminine force of creation and evolution right so she remains dormant sleeping coiled at the base of her spine and then as you do yoga or as you do kundalini yoga or as you work with energy or do energy work, she begins to uncoil and climb upward through Shushumna nadi chakra by chakra, reaching slowly the crown chakra at the top of the head. And so when you meditate, right, you you become aware of your breath and then maybe you feel your breath becomes, you don't need to breathe as much, right? And you're, you're getting more focused. Maybe you're meditating on the space of the third eye, for example, and your energy just moves up the spine naturally. So Kundalini Shakti is climbing up all the chakras through the crown chakra at the top of the head and where she then is basically waiting, hopefully, according to yogic philosophy, to find Shiva, right to find Shiva descending to meet her. And then it's like boom, they're together and they're united. and Shiva, right, represents divine consciousness. He represents enlightenment. He represents bliss. So she's traveling upward and and all of this is just a metaphor. I think, for, you know, when you meditate, you start to feel connected to something bigger than you, right? You, you you start gross and you move up. As you up, it gets, your energy gets more subtle until you realize you're interconnected with everything. You're interconnected with the universe around you. Looking at it through this lens, when we say a chakra is blocked or imbalanced, what that could also lead to mean is that Kundalini Shakti, the serpent, can't get through it, right? She can't get to the crown of the head so you can experience divine consciousness and bliss because, you know, she's like stuck in chakra three or stuck in chakra four that's not moving or not spinning right. So, again, you can think of the chakras as like this rainbow bridge that's also representative of or a metaphor for your own enlightenment. So, it's a lot. It's really something that you should just have fun with. Again, I want you to use the chakras and these tools more than anything else as a way to explore your own programming through different levels of consciousness. You know, the chakras are really just programs that are running our whole life, whether we're aware of it or not, how we act in relationships, how we act when we're scared, how much we trust our intuition, right? All these things. So use the chakras as a framework. Don't get too hung up on one particular area that you think is your problem area. And, you know, while all the philosophy that we're discussing is really fun and interesting, don't get hung up on, you know, the exact technicalities of how it all works either. I mean, it's really fun to nerd out on and there's great books you can read, all of Anodia Jodeth's Judith's books are great if you want to really deep dive into the chakras, but pretty much all the core big concepts I've talked about and covered here, just as an overview, right? And a fun note to end on is that you can think of the chakra system as also describing evolution, the pattern of evolution, and that we as a human race are presently going through a transition from chakra three, the third level, which is very focused on, you know, working hard and heads down and ambition and power to the fourth chakra. That's why yoga and meditation is so popular right now. That's why so many people are feeling connected to wanting to explore yoga as a way to find more peace, get more connected and centered in their hearts. And that all of humanity is sort of undergoing a change right now and that we as yogis are a big part of that change and sort of leading the way through our focus on compassion and self-awareness. I really personally love that idea. If you're ready to go deeper with me on all things chakra, do not forget to sign up at brettlarkin.com forward slash chakra so you don't miss out on any videos. And of course, if you officially want to enter my community, check out Uplifted at brettlarkin.com forward slash uplifted to get bonus content on all the chakras and just be supported by the most incredible community of people out there. I'm so appreciative of our community every single day. If you got value out of this podcast, I'd really love it if you'd leave me a review. You might be listening to this podcast on sound, Cloud or perhaps on YouTube, but it would really mean so much to me if you'd actually subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a review. Remember to copy paste any review that you write before hitting that submit button um, on Apple because Apple will often tell you there's an error or tell you that your username is taken. And if you wrote something thoughtful, I'd hate to have you get that deleted and have to type it in all over again. So would love to get your review and feedback on iTunes itself if you're willing to subscribe and just leave a quick comment. Uh, I love your constructive feedback, criticism, and everything else you want to share. Thank you so much for listening and being with me here all the way to the very, very end. From my heart to yours, namaste.
1: This episode was brought to you by Uplifted. Try Brett's membership community for people who want to enrich their life through yoga for free at brettlarkin.com uplifted yoga obsessed? Join Brett for yoga teacher training at brettlarkin.com train. And don't forget to give back. Like this podcast, leave a rating or review. Share this with someone you love. Remember,
0: now is the time to dedicate yourself to what matters most. Our yoga together can ignite your destiny. Until next time, this is Brett Larkin. Always come to your mat Always be stretching your body, your mind, your soul. From my heart to yours, namaste.